the parm and pecorino before the oven is to like increase the average dryness quotient of the cheese, right? If you take like, uh, I don't know, it sounds incredibly stupid. I haven't articulated this thought, but I think that's what it is. How did a kid from San Diego grow up to run the city's best pizzeria? He started young, first delivering pies from his skateboard, then slowly working his way up the ladder, taking on all kinds of gigs, even cooking in Africa before he settled back home where his pizzeria pays homage to some of the greatest pies of his life. The story behind Tribute Pizza, straight ahead. Straight fried pepperoni. I need a deep dish pepperoni and a thin sausage to go. Can I get two cheese of ours and one uh, Detroit? Can I get one large pep, one large sausage, and one large pet special? This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA, The Ultimate Chicago Pizza Guide, and founder of Pizza City Tours and Pizza City Fest. And welcome, pizza nerds. Uh, Pizza City Fest coming up April 29th and 30th in Los Angeles. Boy, it's just a couple of weeks away now. Um, It's going to be on the event deck at LA Live right downtown. 40 pizza makers from all over Southern California working on a couple of Earthstone ovens and some Pizza Master ovens. Uh, We've got seminars and talks, dough discussions with Evan Funky and Daniele Uditi, Perfect Pan Pizza with John Arena, how to build a pizza brand with uh, four guys who've done it all. Plus, killer desserts from Bulgarini Gelato in Altadena, Nona Mercato from Long Beach, and Sweet Rose Creamery from Santa Monica. Fantastic lineup, folks, if, I'm, if I do say so myself. All beverages included in the ticket price as well. So bonus there. Uh, tickets now on sale. PizzaCityFest.com. I look forward to seeing you all there. Secondly, we are asking our listeners to please consider supporting us for as little as 99 cents a month. That's less than 50 cents a show, folks. You can do it in three clicks. Very easy. Anchor.fm slash Pizza City. That's anchor.fm slash Pizza City. We're going to continue working hard to bring you a new show every other Friday. Well, Matt Lyons has been around the block, not just in his native San Diego in the North Park neighborhood, but also did some pizza work in Nairobi and has traveled extensively exploring the world of pizza. He has one of the most complicated fermentation and baking processes I've ever seen on the show. You're going to hear about it today. He also takes inspiration from his own experience. The place is called Tribute, and so each pizza on the menu has a backstory and a tip of the hat to a specific pizza He's had uh, Massimo, hope you're listening today, from Lynn Industry in Williamsburg, uh, because you are getting a shout-out. Uh, he does New York style, but he's also got a pan-baked grandma slash Sicilian, uh, also a neo-Neapolitan that kind of built the place. Um, and since he's got an enormous wood-fired oven, why not? I began today's show, as I always do, by asking our guest about their first pizza memory. I think it's called Carino's and it's still around and it's uh, uh, a couple blocks from where I grew up and it's... Which is where? Uh, here in San Diego okay. and it's greasy cardboard pizza and uh, I can't believe I fell in love with that thing but... We all have weird histories. I, my, my first thing was Shakey's so there's no shame in having like a chain pizza but I mean all of us were kids at one point 
also, I had Stouffer's French bread pizzas, which is also part of my childhood, but that's a different story. So this was like a, was it a cheese slice, sausage slice, pepperoni oh, slice? Mushroom. Like mushroom. Green, like greasy. Early umami for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then another place called Pernicano's that they, there used to be like a dozen of them here in San Diego. There were like 12 brothers and they each had one restaurant. But it was uh, great pizza for you as, as a kid. Yeah, but now I know better. Okay, all right. So tell me, what was that path like? So you, you move on from the, the cardboard pizza to what? And, and, and professionally, like what were you doing? Before that, like Costco was next. 10 bucks, 18 inches, that's a, that's a hell of a deal. No, I mean, that's the, that's the pizza you eat like after sporting events or something. In high school, I got a job at a pizza place. I love pizza, pla I love pizza so much, I got a job actually delivering pizzas on my skateboard. The next gig I got after that, I showed up to an interview and had a had a beard like I have today, even though I was 17. And this was a, a pizza place called Regents uh, up in La Jolla. You got anything else to add before you know we wrap this interview up? And said, you know, the your logo has has a guy tossing a pizza and says hand spung, and I'm pretty proficient at that. It doesn't say that on my resume. And he says, well, you know, fucking show me. So I wash my hands and I like throw a picture perfect. And it just and I drop it on the peel and it's exactly you know there's a sharpie outline on the on the 20 inch peel for 18 inches and it's just like it's perfect. He's like, all right, man, you got the job. And it was for the assistant general manager position. And uh, after he did the onboarding, he got to the date of birth part. Oh shit! <laughs> like I've just hired a child to to be a boss of for you know for disgruntled 45 year old line cooks who also work at the Hawaiian restaurant across the parking lot and just got back from the Philippines. I wasn't the guy who he wanted to hire, but he told me that by the time I left, I would be. So he, he put a huge amount of time into mentoring me, into giving me, you know, even back then I was like, oh, one day I'll own a pizza place. And he was like, well, kid, you got a lot of fucking work to learn, and I, I guess I'm gonna teach you. In 2008, 2009, uh, I was in college, I was just graduating college. I went to UC Merced, uh, which is in the Central Valley. Like it's between Fresno and Stockton. It's also two hours away from San Francisco. I came home for Christmas and met a girl and- Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, that's tale as old as time, right? She says you gotta settle down and get a real job or? No, I didn't have like $40 in my pocket to take her on a date, so I, went on Craigslist looking for a pizza job uh, that I could just like go and, and show up for a day and so that I could take this girl out on a date. And it ended up being uh, a guy who had a, one of the mobile wood-fired ovens. I ended up dating the girl for many years and working for the guy many years. Really what I wanted was a pizza oven inside of a truck. But then did you go right into opening tribute? That was a 2015, 2016? Uh, we shared the, the commissary kitchen with some guys who had San Diego's best food truck. And they were like, man, who's, who's this guy who's here making eggplant parm at four in the morning and still making eggplant parm at, you know, at midnight? This guy works really hard. I ended up moving to that company and it wasn't a pizza company. It was just a, you know, it was just a food truck. Then I decided to open tribute in, in as a pop-up. I just had like my, I don't know if you saw it, but underneath the wood oven, there's uh, a Baker's Pride, like a little two deck. It plugs into any outlet. I had a friend who, a friend who owned a coffee shop who let me like set up there. I made pizza at the coffee shop and then at a couple bars. And right around that time, I answered a, a job posting to, to go make pizza in Nairobi, Kenya. 
Samin Nosrat, actually. It was before Salt Fat Acid Heat came out. It was like, I knew Samin through her brother, Bahador, who's like a brother to me. She had posted on Facebook something along the lines of like, who wants to go open up a wood-fired pizza restaurant in Nairobi, Kenya? It's lucrative, very lucrative. <laughs> this guy named Kevin had effectively the Starbucks of East Africa out there and was trying to do kind of a California-inspired wood-fired pizza place in Nairobi and the goal was to make the best pizza on the continent. And I thought that that was a pretty intriguing challenge and I had no idea what, what that was and if I was up for it. But I went on uh, twice, the first time almost a year, and then the second time just for a month. And I didn't really know what shape Tribute was gonna take uh, until I went to Kenya and fell back in love with wood-fired cooking and identified that the kind of pizza that I wanted to make was in an oven like this, a restaurant that looked and felt like this. And it was family friendly, and it was a good value, and it used the best ingredients. You try to be the, you know, the best employer in the neighborhood. And, and you found a sexy space. It's an old post office with this soaring ceiling and this boat truss. And I mean, it's just gorgeous inside. How did you find this place? Uh, Craigslist? <laughs> no, uh, back when I was doing the pop-up, uh, Caddy Corner from us is a is a breakfast joint called Lucky's Golden Phoenix, and it's been there been there at, like since the 50s, I think. And I really wanted to do a pop up there. He's only open like five days a week. He didn't take me seriously, but one day I saw the frilly sign in in the window of the the old North Park Post Office, and was like, hmm, maybe I can make pizza on this corner. I pursued it. I pursued it, and it worked out. And this is called uh, the North Park neighborhood. Yeah, this neighborhood is North Park, and this is the old North Park post office, and I call North Park my home. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Matt's going to make a pizza for us. We'll talk more about the ingredients, this process, all that good stuff. Plus, we're going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Welcome back to the show. We're here at Tribute pizza in San Diego with Matt Lyons and uh, now we've moved over to the kitchen and Matt is stretching out some dough. Tell me about, uh, maybe let's go with your flour situation first. Where did that begin? Yeah, you know, uh, organic, central milling, high mountain. Uh, it's the only flour we've ever used here in the restaurant. A lot of water I'm guessing because as you're stretching this by hand now it looks like that gluten's really relaxed. Yeah, you know, 72.5% hydration, 2.5% uh, salt, 1% extra virgin olive oil, 0.001% ADY. Fermentation, how long? Uh, preposterous. Preposterous? Yeah. Whole process is an eight hour poolish at 100% hydration. Uh, and then it gets rolled into bulk in 12 kilos in a bus tub. And then it uh, sits in bulk for 24 to 48. And then we take it out and we ball it uh, into, we've got, I guess, five different size balls. Not all of them are pizza. This ball was a 600 gram dough ball, plus or minus five grams. So one, when this got rolled into, into the dough ball that you see here, relaxed for another 24 to 48. So potentially up to five. So this dough was born in its elemental stages of flour and water five days ago. And how did you come up with that? You've been doing this for a while, obviously, but how did you settle on this? Um, tell me about that process. Because obviously it, didn't, it wasn't always like this for you. Chad Robertson, right? Like at Tartine, that kind of story really clicked with me that like you want bread for dinner, right? Like you want bread, fresh bread for dinner. So you do your fermentation schedule, you, you do everything so that the bread's hot out of the oven when you want to bake it. I wanted to cut my vegetables day of and I wanted to make my sauce the day before. It's incredibly difficult to scale because if you have dough that's four or five days old, 
you need to always be storing four or five days worth of dough. And that is incredibly stupid and I don't recommend it for anybody. So you did the hand stretch, you did a little toss, New York style, and now you're laying on these rectangles of, of, of cheese yep. that are probably about eight inches by two or three inches. It's interesting, I've never seen this before. Like a loaf of whole, whole milk mozzarella, you know, it's shaped like a brick. It's one loaf length of slice. Is the diameter about 16 inches? Uh, this is gonna be 18 when I do a final stretch, once I get a little bit more toppings on it and, okay. and so, let it go. So low moisture mozz uh, whole, down? Whole, whole milk. Low moisture. Whole milk, okay. And you've only got, and it's really thinly sliced, so yeah, not, not one, a lot. One millimeter, and you're, if, we're, if we're lucky. Okay, and you've, you left about an inch or two uh, bare along the perimeter. Um, now comes the tomato sauce. I'm gonna guess because there are, you're sti standing below, below three giant pictures of Bianco Di Napoli tomatoes, that that's probably what you're using. Yep, only and ever, just like central milling. I mean, when some salesperson comes and tries to, tries to pitch us on another tomato, I'll point them towards the triptych on the wall above me, implying how committed we are, but I'll always taste it. 12 and a half grams salt per can uh, with the three leaves of basil per can. So that's it. Really simple, yeah. Um, and then you, stretch, you spread it out with a spoon. Um, again, leaving about an inch and a half uh, bare along the, the perimeter. Now he's reaching in for some mozz, it looks like. Yeah, uh, grande, fior de latte, whole milk. And these are tiny cubes, maybe half an inch square. Yeah, like, you know, a medium dice. A medium dice, okay. And he's very meticulous about placing evenly so that there's just even coverage. Every slice will have uh, a couple of squares of, of fresh mozz and now some oil. Yeah, uh, basil infused Arbequina olive oil. Beautiful, okay. Now he's gonna reach for some more cheese. Is it Romano or, or Parmigiano? Romano and Parmigiano Reggiano. Do you import those or are those domestic? These are imported. Tell me about this oven, the Renato. Yeah, this uh, was inspired by, by Chris Bianco. This is the oven that uh, Chris has down in, down in Phoenix a couple times. And it's very large, it weighs 32,000 pounds. And it's very stupid, both that, like how difficult it is to work because of the size, and also that it's not big enough. It's gorgeous, by the way. It's got these sort of teal blue tiles on the, on the facade. Um, and inside, it's, uh, it's pretty large. I'm gonna guess about eight feet deep or so. Yeah, I think about eight feet deep is a good yeah. guess. Okay, it's on the peel now. Um, he's got a, a metal, a steel peel here. Yeah, it's a little stretch, actually, he's got an 18 inches stretch now. Maybe a little bit more, because it does shrink in the oven. This pizza wants to be baked at about 575 to about 600, because this is, I, I made you an 18 inch. So, uh, like our, our New York style. So that's so, like a seven minute bake. Yeah, maybe six on this one. We're gonna take a pause, musical interlude. We'll come back when the pizza comes out. Okay, here comes the finishing, the post-bake. Reaching into um, his mise, he's got a, little, a very wet mozza, fresh mozza. Is that burrata or is it his mozza? Burrata. Okay. I'm making you a, a Lindustry burrata pie. Every pizza on my menu is attributed to its source and has a has an origin story and, a, and a, a place where I tasted it for the first time. And uh, back in September, I was in New York and staying in Williamsburg and went to Lindustry no less than seven times in four days, including four times in one night. Holy and, cow. Uh, it's, this pie is not on my menu because printing the pieces of paper is a total pain in the ass. And 
but I'm working up towards it, and I'm practicing. So Massimo, you'd be proud. He's cutting off with the edge of a spoon just little pieces of this burrata all over the pie. For all intents and purposes, it's a cheese pizza, but it, why is it so fucking good? Yeah. Well, you've got so the fresh mozz, you've got the, the whole milk, you've got this burrata, you finished it with uh, Pecorino Romano and Parm. Wow, that is really a cheese pizza. And here comes some fresh basil. I don't get why people put basil on right before they bake it, because it just comes out burnt. We do uh, basil pre-bake on our, on our classic margarita. Uh, do basil post-bake on our Cadillac margarita, which is like our souped-up one. The fresh leaves on here now, with the heat underneath it, they're going to just sort of push off their aroma into your face. I think Chris once told me, I asked, you know, kind of the same implication, right? Like, ah, like before, after, and Chris said, whatever feels right. Seriously, more cheese. Little Industry Burrata Pie gets uh, fresh grated Parmigiano and then a little bit more oil and finished with salt. So you've got the microplane now. He's got a big ass block of, of parm that he's shaving over the top. This is the 24 month that's the best. Oh my God. Again, the herb oil you used earlier. Yeah. It's a basil oil and a little salt. Just trying to layer some flavor, you know. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to taste it and then we'll come back in a second. All right, so I can see why a crowd has now gathered just outside the front door here a few minutes before your opening, because they figured it out how, how good this pizza is as well. Um, Matt, this pizza is special. First of all, a, a tribute and an honor to, to Massimo over at uh, Lynn Industry, uh, because they would certainly appreciate what you're doing here. This rides that line between the crisp and chew. You get that crispy crust a little bit on the outside, about three shades of brown. Um, a little bit blackening underneath the undercarriage, uh, which is just gorgeous to me. Chewy little bit soft in the middle. The balance though, the OBR optimal bite ratio here, crust, cheese, sauce, topping in every bite. I thought, frankly, it was going to be too much cheese. You know, you got Romano and Parmesan and Burrata and, and Fresh Mott's, it, it, but it works. Don't you agree with me? The pie that I'm trying to replicate was, in my mind, the perfect za. It was fairly cheesy, and this one is probably a little bit, a, a little heavily handed, but for me, like, if I want someone to experience pizza for the first time, it's like, you go with the margarita, and this is just a better margarita. But even though you're adding pre-bake, you're adding parm and romano, and then post-bake, a lot more parm and the burrata, you feel like you need to do it before and after. Because I always think that finishing makes sense, but you need to do it beforehand also, even though you've got the, the, the sheets, the sort of the thin one millimeter of mozz and the fresh mozz going on. The fresh mozzarella, we do a, like a fairly intensive drying process where we, we press the balls under under a couple hundred pounds of weight to try to expel a little bit of extra moisture. And the burrata is super juicy. The parm and pecorino before the oven is to like increase the average dryness quotient of the cheese, right? If you take like, uh, I don't know, it sounds incredibly stupid. I haven't articulated this thought, but I think that's what it is. Well, the dryness, it really makes a difference for me. I was just in Naples and, you know, the pizza is obviously very wet there and the dough is very chewy and soft there. And I love this, you get this contrast. It's sort of a little bit juicy, wet in the middle. You can still pick up a slice. Not really any tip sag. I mean, it's an 18 inch pie, so it's, it's considerable size. But that heel, you can really grab that heel. You want that with a slightly sourdough tang a little bit. It's not an all-natural starter that you're feeding, but yet you get that sort of beautiful bread quality to that crust because I honestly don't like when I see all those crust orphans on a plate after someone eats. Yes, the basil, the cheese, the middle, the tomato sauce is delicious, but I am just as happy eating this crust. At the end of the day, uh, good pizzas, uh, you know, good ingredients on good bread. So if, if, you're, if you're not making good bread, then like, what the fuck are you doing? 
All right, so give us a little preview. April 29th, you'll be at Pizza City Fest in LA. Um, you're going to be on a Pizza Master, I believe. So it gets up to 932 Fahrenheit, so with, well within your comfort zone for temperature. Are you going to do a pie like this? I love the Pizza Master, and I might be dabbling closer to New York temperature, to closer to like 550 or 600. You know, our standard pizza, the one that we open the doors with, is a 13-inch you know, Neo-Neapolitan. That's the hybrid in terms of, in terms of time and temperature. Last question we ask all our guests on the show. Knowing what you know now about pizza making, which is a hell of a lot, what would you have told your younger self oh, maybe 11, 12 years ago before you jumped oh. into this head first, how to be successful making pizza? What would you have told yourself? What advice? How, how long do we have, Steve? I've made a, some catastrophic errors. Give your younger self just one bit of advice. More floor drains. More floor drains. That's a first on the show, okay. Uh, don't buy Cambros for dry goods storage. Just get uh, like a Whole Foods style bulk dispensers on the wall. And if you think you're, you're entering the pizza business, you're, that is so subordinate to the human resource business. And a lot of what we do that is trying to be special or, or trying to be distinct is also what makes it incredibly difficult to scale, right? I was talking about my oven guy who's been here since day one. He can bake 15 pizzas or 18 pizzas because we're also doing grandma styles in there and we're roasting the vegetables and we're toasting the bread. It gets crazy in there. He's drastically better than me. I don't have another him. I'm looking forward to seeing you April 29th at Pizza City Fest. We all are. Um, the restaurant again is called Tribute here in San Diego. Uh, boy, what a, a special pizza this was, and I'm looking forward to trying some of your other styles as well, as long as I'm in town. Matt Lyons, thanks so much. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to Pizza Fest. What a character that guy was. Um, lots of stories to be told. Unfortunately, we didn't get them all in because we have a time limit on the show. Uh, so, Matt, apologies. And one more message from Brian Spangler. Go fuck yourself. Coming up in two weeks, we are off to Pizza Expo, so we're going to recap some of the highlights from our intensive three-day visit to Las Vegas. That's in two weeks on April 14th. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Also, reminder to support the show at anchor.fm slash Pizza City. We're at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio always. <laughs>